0: seated we're gonna wrap up what we've been looking at this whole month does anyone remember what that word is peace now we've talked about how we can ask for peace we've learned that peace technically means a freedom from worry and anxiety that it's a gift that comes from God, which we can receive. And we've talked about how peace can be an essential part of our faith and trust in God. We learn the importance of putting on the preparation of the gospel of peace, as it says in Ephesians, by having peace and trust to be the foundation of our lives that helps us to be able to stand strong against the craziness of life. And finally, the last thing we're going to look at To conclude our look of peace, is that it's very important in living a life of peace to be a peacemaker. Now, in Matthew 5, we have the Sermon on the Mount. It's here that Jesus teaches us what's called the Beatitudes. And in verse 9, he says, Matthew 5 verse 9, if you want to follow along, and the Bible's in the pew. Matthew 5, verse 9, says, Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called sons of God. In a world that is full of craziness, Jesus is basically saying that those who who are peacemakers, shall be blessed. Now, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what is a peacemaker? What does it mean? What does it mean to be a peacemaker? What are we supposed to do? Is there a checklist? Is there a job description that we need to read and review? So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to talk about what being a peacemaker isn't, about what being a peacemaker is, and finally, we're gonna look at how we can practically be a peacemaker in our daily lives. So, to get started, let's just clear up what a peacemaker isn't. We may think it's something simple, like a peacemaker is someone who, what, makes peace, right? Someone who avoids conflict, Someone who avoids strife, right? But let's just clarify what exactly we're talking about here. Just as courage is not the absence of fear, peacemaking is not necessarily the absence of conflict. Peace in the Bible, this peace that we're told, the peacemakers, aren't to be confused with pacifism, avoidance. We're never instructed to necessarily run for cover from conflict, to keep sweeping it under the rug, putting our head in the sand, hoping that when we look around, eventually it will all pass us by and we won't have to deal with it, right? And let's be honest, that's us sometimes, isn't it? A peacemaker isn't somebody who tries to make someone happy, or rather, tries to make everyone happy all the time. Because we know that you can't. And a peacemaker isn't someone who strives to make someone happy all the time. It's not about accommodating people. It's not about glossing over the problems and acting like everything's fine when it isn't. That's what a peacemaker isn't. So what is it really then? Well, to get the definition, to find out what we're supposed to do as a peacemaker, just look at the word. Peacemaker. Break it up. In the Bible, it's one word, but we're going to look at it as two words. In English and literature, they call them what, a compound word kind of thing? We're going to treat it like a compound word. We're going to look at both words. You see, the word for peace in Hebrew is, anyone know? Shalom, right? But it's also used kind of like in Hawaii, aloha is. It's hello and goodbye. It's literally a standard greeting. So, shalom. A peacemaker. It means perfect welfare, serenity, fulfillment, freedom from trouble, and liberation from anything that hinders you from contentment. When they say shalom in Hebrew, what they are wishing on one another is the full presence, peace, and prosperity of all the blessedness of God. In fact, Numbers 6, 24 through 26, which we read last week, says, the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look with favor on you and give you shalom. Give you peace. It's important to remember that peace in the Bible is always based on justice and righteousness. Where justice prevails and righteousness rules, then you will have what? Peace. Without justice and righteousness, lasting peace isn't possible. Now, Next part, makers. The word for the term peacemakers actually comes from the Greek verb that means to do, to make. The other thing I remember about you know literature lessons, English lessons, is that when you say to do, to make, those are what? Action. Which implies what? Action. It's a word bursting with energy. It mandates that you have to do something. Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who wish peace on one another. Blessed are those who hope for peace. Blessed are those who dream about peace. He said, blessed are those peacemakers. Those who make peace. It's never passive. They're up and doing. So when the words are together, peace and maker describes one who actively pursues peace. A peacemaker isn't someone who avoids conflict and strife. Just to be able to make everyone happy. A peacemaker is one who actively looks it at conflict and strife and goes for resolution they are people who produce right relationships in every sphere of life says William Barclay so that's what a peacemaker is what are we supposed to do with that right that's what some of you guys are like "Eh, that's good where do we go from here Right? How do we put that into action? We know that peacemaker is an action verb, but what action is it requiring of us? So, it's important for us to know that not that just as keeping and maintaining peace in our own lives is important, helping to bring peace into others and their lives are important to have peace for us. And just as peace in our lives isn't always an easy thing, bringing peace to others may not always be an easy thing. Peacemaking can be messy and difficult. It takes time and a lot of emotional energy. It's kind of like crossing on a fast-moving creek on slippery rocks, of all things. And we talked about the importance of having a firm foundation Last week, we had those anti-skid socks so that on slippery surfaces we can stand firm. Can you imagine trying to cross in your bare feet on slippery rocks across the creek? I've done that. I grew up... My brother loved to do that. He'd always try to take me back there. The first time I fell, I said I was done. Because I don't know if you know... But on those creeks, they got moss and stuff like around them, so it is not like standing on a rock. Basically, you are standing on a wet floor. <coughs> That's basically what you are doing. And you have no traction. So you are going to slip and slide. Sometimes you'll fall. You'll get bruised. You may not even make it across the stream. Romans 12, 18, Paul says, that's Romans 12:18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, there's a couple of key words in there that we need to pay attention to. Because there were three main parts of that sentence weren't there. The last part was live at peace with everyone, wasn't it? The first one, though, was if it's possible. And the second one was as far as it depends on you. It says we're to live at peace with everyone. It's pretty clear it's a command. It's another thing that involves us to have an action. When Paul starts off the phrase, what if it's possible, he's kind of giving you a heads up. It's not going to be easy. And honestly, it may not even be possible. At least in the relationship as a whole. You may be at peace, but the other people may not. Sometimes peace is impossible, and peacemaking doesn't work. You can't always live with people who don't want peace. That's why we're to come in. It says, as far as it depends on you, the hallmark of a Christian should be their ability to get along with others. We should be leading by an example. The testimony of a church should be its ability to get along with other people and to welcome one another. There shouldn't be strife and conflict in a church because it's not the place for it. We have a God-given, scripturally directed responsibility to pursue peace. 1 Corinthians 7.15 says God has called you to peace. We've already learned that a peacemaker isn't someone who just agrees with everybody to make so that there's no waves in the pool. So, it's not that we have to agree with everything that everyone else says. Sometimes we agree to disagree. But God wants his children to be bridge builders. He wants us to be instruments of peace in the world. To be peacemakers. And so there's five, there's four steps. There's four steps we can do. First, crucial step, great way to start the day, best way, talk to God. If you are in conflict in your life, whether it's a result of something you've done or it's a result of something someone's done to you, or if it's even just a result of a situation you find yourself in, talk to God about it. He already knows all about it anyway. Talk to the Lord about what you've done or what's been done to you. Talk to him about the people involved. Pray for them. Ask for his guidance his mercy to see the situation to see the conflict through his eyes because ours can be a little jaded we're either looking through the rose tinted glasses where everything is peachy keen or we can look through the eyes of bitterness where everything's wrong and the whole the glass has a hole in it but when we see it through God's eyes We're seeing it out of love, mercy, and compassion. And when we look through the eyes of love, that's when we can be peacemakers. So ask for his guidance, his direction. Pray for them. Pray for you. Pray for the situation. The second one. Don't be afraid to make the first move. After you've talked to God, if he is directing you to speak, to help resolve this conflict, to help resolve this issue, then do not hold back. Even if the other person is the person in the wrong, if the Lord is moving you to action, then you need to be moved. How many of us have ever found ourselves saying, But I didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Why should I have to be the bigger person? And then the moment you say that, you begin to think, wait. You always do want to be the bigger person. Right? Matthew 18, 15 says, if your brother sins against you, Go and rebuke them in private. Deal with it. Handle your business. Conflict is never resolved accidentally. If you guys stand on the opposite sides of the room, never talking, you will never work anything out. That's like dropping a deck of cards and expecting them to all land in f- one after the other, 52 cards in a stack. It doesn't work that way. They're not spontaneously going to end up straight up down in the ground, all 52 stacked up, just like you took them out of the box. Conflict is not going to resolve itself. Your peace of mind and your Christian witness depend on you taking the first step sometimes. Happiness awaits action. So make the first move. Second thing, tell them how you feel. I took a sociology class years ago and we learned this ping-pong theory where it says you would communicate one another and you go, I would understand how you feel, this is how I feel. And you would literally go back and forth with each other until you truly understood not only your opinion, what you felt, but what they felt and you discussed it rationally. There wasn't hollering and screaming at the top of your voice. Take the first step. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. A peacemaker has peace in their life, so that when they can deal with conflict, they can handle it peacefully. That's why peace is important. Ephesians 4.29, Paul says, No rotten talk should come from your mouth, But only what is good for the building up of someone in need in order to give grace to those who hear. You don't have to sympathize with someone knowing what they're going through in order to empathize with someone, to just be there to support them. Consider their situation. Deal with the problem, but not the person. In a negative way. You can attack the problem. Don't attack the person. Because then they're not going to care about your help. They're not going to want it. Because we've had people try to help us that way, haven't we? And what do we do? We shut down. We don't want to listen to them because we don't care for the way they're speaking to us. Who are they talking to me like that? But yet, when the tables are turned, we find ourselves in that same position, don't we? I'll be honest. The older I get, the more I go, oh my goodness, I will find myself saying things my parents just said to me as a kid. Or your leaders or your teachers. How many of us have had those moments where you go, oh my gosh, that's the same thing my parents used to tell me all the time.
1: The first time you tell it to another cage, you're just like,
0: woo, aren't we? Yeah. Consider the situation. Emphasize reconciliation, especially. You may not be able to make a resolution. Honestly, the time for resolution may be done and passed. It may not even matter anymore. But you need to make reconciliation with it to be able to piece into it. Reconciliation is more important than being right. There's that saying, be the bigger person sometimes. The key thing about being the bigger person is not realizing you are. Not treating it like, well, I'm going to be the bigger person and do this for you. In order to truly be the bigger person, you need to just do it to start with. You don't need to do it out of the motive of being the bigger person. The moment you're talking about being the bigger person and doing that is the moment your motives are out of line, too. And here's the other thing. This is the most important thing. Stop talking about the people who have hurt you to other people. I'll be honest, I've got myself in this little slippery slope. Someone hurt you, you address it with them. You don't need to tell Gene, Bob, Peggy Sue, Mary Lou, and Bob down at the grocery about what that person did to you. You don't need to call up all your mutual friends under the guise of discussing and talking it out. If you're not talking to the person the problem's with, then you're doing it wrong. Nothing disqualifies us from being peacemakers more than talking about people, rather than talking to them. There's an old proverb that says, whoever gossips to you will gossip about you. A peacemaker never says anything about another person that she or he has not first said to that person directly. And after you've already dealt with it with that person, why do you need to tell anybody else? Is it any of their business, really? But that's a trap we all confine ourselves in, too, because we want somebody to emphasize, you know, with us. We want somebody to take our side. We want someone to tell us we're right, right? But we already said being a peacemaker isn't about being right. If we don't need someone to validate us, our only validation should come from the Lord. And once he validates us, we don't need to tell anybody else so that they can put their stamp of approval on it for us. But we have that need to feel right, don't we? So, we know what a peacemaker isn't, what it is. We've learned how to be one. So the question is, are we ready to go out, to go forth, and to be a peacemaker. Yes. It's a thankless job sometimes. There's a saying that says, don't shoot the messenger. Sometimes it's don't shoot the peacemaker. when we follow those steps to being a peacemaker, when we talk to God, when we are willing to take the first step through his guidance, when we're telling each other, when we talk to each other about how we feel, and we stop talking to everyone else, then truly Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called the sons of God. Jesus says that those who are peacemakers will be known and recognized as what they really are. Children of the Most High. Children of God. But it also says sons of God. So not only are we children of God, which is someone who's a part of the family of God, but a son of God is one who is like the family, one who takes after their family. God is peace. A son of God is one who not only carries on the family name, but bears the family resemblance and reputation. Jesus is saying that his followers will become known as peacemakers. They will be recognized as the sons of God who share his name and his mission. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, isn't he? And we learned in the first discussion of peace, the first sermon... That God is peace, and peace for us in our lives is ours to claim because it's a gift that he gives us, right? Because he's peace, and he gives it to his children. But this is saying that peace is just something that is going to be in our lives as sons of God, as we are modeling ourselves after the Lord. Peace and being a peacemaker are going to be something that we do to the point where they become second nature to us. It is how we react. It is how we handle things. So, first question. Have we already dealt with our stuff and made peace in our lives? so that we are first at peace within, at peace with God, at peace with ourselves. If we haven't, there's no time like now to make it right. We're going to go into our time of prayer. And if you need to come and make peace I'm going to invite you to do so. Our first sermon of peace we had these little baskets of rocks. Because I said worry and anxiety can be like a pebble in our shoe. If you are ready to make peace some of you may even still have yours. If you are ready to claim God's peace in your life to become a son of God a daughter of God to the point where your resemblance to Him, because you are peaceful, you are a peacemaker in, in Him and in your life. You can come, pick a stone, lay your worry, your anxiety, whatever you need to lay down, lay it at the foot of the cross. Or maybe your anxiety and worry has a name. Maybe it has a couple of names. It's a relationship. It's a family member. It's a family situation. Take this opportunity to talk to God about it. Come and play, pick up a stone. Place it at the foot of the cross, asking for his guidance and his direction in the situation and not your own. Be willing to be a peacemaker in everything that you do, in everything. You deal with in life in everyone you deal with in life be a peace maker. we're going to go back to our prayer course and as it plays I invite you to spend this time in prayer come lay your rock down if you need to at the foot of the cross come kneel at the altar to pray if you want but we just invite you to take this time in
1: prayer My purpose remains, the art of losing myself in bringing you praise. Everlasting, your light will shine when all
0: Father, we just come before you right now, Lord.
1: Lord. we we pray for peace.
0: We pray, Lord, that you have peace in our lives, peace in our hearts, that when people look at us, we may truly be identified as a son, a daughter of God, because we are peace. And Heavenly Father, we ask that you help us to translate that, to turn that into being a peacemaker, to be able to spread your peace to those we meet, Lord, to deal with others with peace to see them through your eyes and in your love. Heavenly Father, whatever it is that comes into our lives to try to steal our peace, to steal our joy, we rebuke it. We pray peace over it. We pray your power over it. We pray for your strength in our lives, that we may truly be able to live, to live in peace and to live as a peacemaker. We just ask, Lord, that you watch over us, that you guide us, Lord, direct us and keep us safe. We ask these in Jesus' name. Amen.